Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Game Time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is the author of the greatest comebacks in NCAA and NFL history, Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Wright. Brought to you by 5-Hour Energy Shots. It's the one when you gotta get stuff done. Today's guest is one of the fiercest competitors you'll ever meet. But that insatiable desire for victory is cloaked in humility, literacy, respectfulness, and most of all, human kindness. Now trust me folks, I know this because I lived with him for three years in College Park, Maryland. Now you know him as the wildly admired head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I know him as my old college roommate and fellow Terrapins quarterback. It is a personal pleasure to welcome Frank Reich to game time. Frank, it's great to see you, man. You've never said any of those nice things about me when we were roommates. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, not, even when, yes. not even when you were toast as the best man in my wedding, when you were toasting me, you didn't say anything that nice. Yeah, well, you know, well, I have to say it nice on TV. But anyway, speaking of Maryland, by the way, you know, when you came on your recruiting trip, I was the one that took you around and made you fall in love with the University of Maryland. I never really asked you this, and I'd like you to clear this up for me. What did they tell you about me when you asked them whether or not, you know, I was going to be your competition as you were coming out of Pennsylvania as the hotshot quarterback. Well, yeah, there's no doubt I was asking that question. And I was told I didn't have to worry. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about you. You were going to either flunk out or, or um, you were going to get married or you weren't going to be there very long. Let's just put it that way. So I had already crossed you off the list. I, I don't have to worry about this guy. He's from what the, the coaches are telling me here, this guy, he's an ex. He's, he's not going to be there. Well, you learn not to lie to your players then, at least from those guys back at Maryland, right? No doubt. Right, no doubt. You know, one of the off-season stories uh, this year, big off-season story in the NFL, is your reunion with Carson Wentz. Now, I want you to take me back to when you were scouting him when you were the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. If I remember correctly, you were calling me after you had just met him and you were driving back to the airport and you said to me, you know, Boomer, I don't understand why people aren't looking at this kid like he's the next Andrew Luck. Is, did, do I remember that story correctly? No, absolutely. That was, that was exactly the comparison, just because of the, the size and strength and athleticism and then the intelligence. You know, that obviously Andrew, everybody knew Andrew Luck, you know, from he was the, he was the golden child, right? I mean, he's just this amazing, amazing player and amazing person, you know, with everything in, in one package and, um, and, you know, get to North Dakota, 
stayed up there, you know, with Carson and, and it's, and it was kind of crazy. He just, the size, the first thing that hit me was just walking in there and, and working out with them is just the size and the strength. Um, but then you get him in the classroom and obviously you do all the research that we did on him and you know that he's brilliant, smart. I mean, the way they speak about Andrew Luck and his intelligence, uh, you know, Carson's in that same category. The guy never got a, never got a B in his life, you know, scores off the charts in every test, um, brilliant, smart, and yet physically a dominant uh, human being for the position of quarterback. You know, I remember when you got into coaching, when Bill Polian gave you an opportunity at Indianapolis the first time you went in there as like a coach's assistant, intern, if you will, uh, you liked it. Uh, and then I remember you telling me that you were becoming the quarterback coach when Jim Caldwell was elevated to head coach there. And you're telling me, well, I get to coach Peyton Manning. And I'm like, man, that's got to be the easiest job in the world. You're going to be a genius. <laughs> and I remember you told me, you said, are you out of your mind? This is the hardest job in the world. What did Peyton Manning teach you that you didn't know about playing quarterback in the NFL? Well, he taught me a lot. And uh, I, I probably text Peyton five times a year thanking him, you know, for the the baptism by fire of being his quarterback coach and working with him and just his work ethic, just how he went at it. And of course, Boomer, you know, I, I had been out of football for a couple of years and it's not like the game had passed me by, but, you know, now you come back in and you're working with Peyton. Um, just the attention to detail. I mean, the detail and the precision and just the focus, the laser-like focus that he had, the ability to, you know, if it's a walkthrough, and I'm looking out on our practice field right now, we could be out here on a practice field with Peyton, and it could be the offseason in an OTA, and it feels like you're in the Super Bowl when he's in the huddle, when he's calling out signals at the line of scrimmage. Um, those were valuable things to get reacquainted with, and no one does them better than him. Yeah, he set the bar high for all of us, that's for sure. All right, we're just getting warmed up with Colts head coach Frank Reich. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute as game time continues right after this. Game Time with Boomer Esiason is brought to you by 5-Hour Energy Shots. Fix his tired fast. Welcome back to Game Time. Among his many achievements in football and outside of the game, what jumps off the page in Frank Reich's biography is his role as Captain Comeback. First at the University of Maryland and then, of course, with the Buffalo Bills, Frank famously engineered two of the greatest comebacks the sport has ever witnessed. And I go back to that one where you were down 31-0 to the University of Miami, your senior year at the University of Maryland. You didn't start that game. Our buddy Stan Gelbaugh started because you had been hurt. And then Bobby Ross inserted you in the second half. Frank, I turned the TV off. I left. I bought a house in Cincinnati, came back, and told I was told that you engineered the greatest comeback uh, in your life. And I, I just, I, I just, I couldn't believe what I saw, and I couldn't believe what I missed. What was it like after the game for you in that locker room? I mean, it's, you know, it's like nothing you've ever experienced before. I mean, there's this euphoria you know, that you get to experience a few, a few times in life. And it's all in context. I'm talking about the context of sports, of course. There's, you know, as we know, many different kinds of euphoria. But this was in a way that unlike anything I experienced. But I think what was most fun about it was it, it's not a single accomplishment. It, you know, it was a team accomplishment that 
everyone is just going crazy. And you don't even realize what you just accomplished until people tell you this was the greatest comeback in college football history at the time. And, um, and it's just pretty special because those, those are your brothers. Those are your brothers. Then eight years later, the Buffalo Bills trailing the Houston Oilers. Now, full disclosure here, I'm working for NBC as an on-set employee, and I'm doing your game as a pregame host. And then at halftime, they come to me and they say, what do you think? Are the Oilers just going to drill the Bills? I said, you know what? I'm not turning the TV off this time because I saw him do this eight years ago against the University of Miami. Now you pulled off the trick in a game in which you started, by the way, and then led your team back in the second half. Was there a key moment? at halftime or in that second half where you realized, oh, man, here we go again. I'm getting that feeling of momentum where I think we can come all the way back from this deficit. Well, first, I have to correct you there for a sec, Boom. I mean, you said that you saw this eight years earlier. No, actually, you turned the TV off on me and went okay. shopping for a house. But yeah, um, but OK, you, you read about it and you saw the highlights, yes. <laughs> but you did call it. I appreciate you leaving the TV on set, uh, not leaving your job to watch uh, the whole game there. But, you know, there was a moment in that game. Um, you know, the first of all, the mentality was just the short story was the mentality was, hey, guys, whatever. Are we going to come back just one play at a time? Let's just score a touchdown. Let's make a first down. Let's score one touchdown. We really did take that mentality. Marv Levy talked to us about let's go out like men. Let's go out fighting. And then it got to be 35. It was 35 to three. Um, and then it got to be we scored a, a couple of quick touchdowns. It was 35-17, and then, boom, we got a turnover, scored another touchdown. It was 35-24, and it was still in the third quarter. And I'm like, we're going to win this game. I mean, I legitimately just felt like this was our game to have, even though we were still down by 11. But that was kind of the, the turning point as far as I was concerned. Yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, you, you got to back up the great Jim Kelly. And I know that you have a great relationship with Jim. And Jim has said so many kind things about you. Uh, you know, even when you were an offensive coordinator, but when you became a head coach, he basically said, I'm a better player and a better person because Frank Reich was in my life. And I, I actually agree with that because he and I both saw you grow and grow into the man that you are today. Um, you know, there's a lot of lessons that you learn through football, Frank. Is there any, like, one lesson, like, if you could – tell a high school coach what to tell a kid that's struggling or, uh, you know, a father who's dealing with a son who may not be doing what he should be doing. Is there any sort of message that you can give? Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking that question. You know, there, that's the great thing about sports. It takes us through these highs and lows. And what I have found most valuable, what I have tried to teach myself, what I have tried to teach my children is that um, it's about two things. It's about the people that you're doing it with, and it's about the process, about what you're going through. The results are gonna be like this, right? The results are gonna be like this. And so, although we always want the best results, I have found and I have experienced both as a player, as a coach, as a father, it's, you know, focus on the people, focus on the process of just doing what you're doing and getting better every day, enjoying that, enjoying what it is you're doing because the results will come and go and um, and try not to get too fixated on those. All right, we'll return with Coach Sideline Guru, Frank Reich, right after these messages. Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport, built Ford tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe.
Game Time with Boomer Esiason is brought to you by 5-Hour Energy Shots. It's the one when you gotta get stuff done. Frank Reich won the hearts of Indianapolis fans and media alike at his introductory press conference. When asked how he felt about getting the job on the rebound after Josh McDaniels reneged on his agreement, Frank replied, the backup role has suited me well in my career. And Frank, that line in itself uh, won the press conference. I don't think winning the press conference really has meaning to many people, but for an initial impression, you certainly said the right thing at the right moment, at the right time. Well, yeah, it was, it was a funny moment, but uh, obviously totally unscripted. Probably only could have uh, ha- you know, happened the way it did with, with Pat uh, McAf- McAfee you know, asking the question in his hilarious way of doing things. So that helped, that helped things as well. But um, yeah, it was a crazy circumstances, but just one of those things that you just felt like this is meant to be. And um, I've enjoyed every step of the way. I owe a lot to a lot of people along the way, the Eagles organization, Obviously, Mr. Ursay here. And then, you know, Bill Polian had done so much for me in my NFL career, you know, being a supporter uh, and an advocate for me. Um, I'm just thrilled to be here. You know, I'm really glad you brought up Bill's name because back in 1985, he predicted that you were going to be a great head coach someday. He didn't know what I'm assuming he was saying it was an NFL head coach, but he saw something in you. What do you think he saw in you that told him that you were you would turn out to be a good coach? I just think, yeah, I still remember it. I mean, he, you know, he came up to, at the season was over my rookie year and he said to me, Hey, play as long as you can. And then you, Frank, you're going to be a head coach in this league one, one day, when you retire, I want, I want you to come coach for me and you're going to be a head coach. And, um, I, Boomer, I think what he saw was just a love for the game, a love for the competitiveness of it. Um, a, a love for the X's and the O's, a love for the locker room, a love to practice, you know, just eat, sleep, and drink. The, the, there's something about this game that can be intoxicating in a very good way that, that I think makes us better. It makes us better football players, better men, better leaders, that kind of deal. Well, you know, had a great example in your dad who played at Penn State. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but they say he was the last 60-minute man at Penn State, never came off the field. Uh, he was a high school coach himself. You saw him and how he dealt with all the different issues in your family's life when you were growing up. What kind of impact did he have on you? Yeah, I mean, even you saying that, Boomer, just kind of chokes me up. I'm not going to lie, because when I got this job, I mean, you know, that's like a dream that he never got to see come true. But, you know, he was just, he is just, you know, he's just a rock of a man, right? I mean, a rock of a man. Um, I he may have been the last 60 minutes. I've had many people tell me that at Penn State, he was the last uh, person to ever play 60 minutes there. Never played with the face mask, broken nose eight times, all these concussions. Uh, he was just a rock of a man and really taught me a lot about the game. We'll be back to continue our chat with Frank Reich in a moment. Game Time with Boomer Esiason is brought to you by 5-Hour Energy Shots. Fixes tired fast. Welcome back, everyone. Have I mentioned that Colt Frank Reich is a proud alumnus of the University of Maryland yet? Well, but that's not where his schooling ended. While quarterbacking the Carolina Panthers, he did enroll in the Reformed Theological Seminary Charlotte campus and later served as its president. And Frank, like you said earlier in the, in the interview, 
you know, you didn't go right into coaching. You left football and went into the seminary. And I know that Bill Poley had wanted you to come and coach. Why did you decide to do what you did as opposed to going into football? Well, there were a couple of reasons. First was, you know, we had three young daughters, you know, and they were, uh, when I retired from football, they were eight, six, and two. And, you know, I, I just knew that if I went straight into coaching, that the, the time requirement would, I wouldn't be able to go to swim meets. I wouldn't be able to do homework with them. And, you know, I played long enough to make enough. I, I wasn't independently wealthy. I, I was a backup quarterback, so I didn't make a ton of money, but I made enough that we could manage it. And um, so I wanted to be there for my family. But then also, you know, there were, there were things that we were doing that I was doing ministry wise. And I wanted to go to seminary just to grow spiritually um, in a way to be able to continue to learn and grow and make an impact in that, in that realm. And so went to seminary and boomer, I'm serious. Like when I tell you this, I mean, there was a tremendous spiritual impact on my life, but I don't think I've ever would have realized how much that prepared me to be a head coach being the, the then president of a seminary. You know, to going, you know, there's the head coach thing is it's not just coaching football. So um, but actually being the president of a seminary for three years, I, I think, helped me in a leadership capacity, in an organizational capacity to really be a better coach. I know that you and Linda are very, very philanthropic. And this year announced the opening of Not Today. Tell me what Not Today is all about and why it's so important for you and Linda to see this thing through. Well, when we got here to Indianapolis, you know, with the role and the platform of being a head coach, we said, what, what, how are we going to use this for good? You know, much like you and all that you've done with the Boomer Esiason Foundation, you know, and we decided we want the area that Linda and I wanted to really make an impact in was protecting the beauty and innocence of childhood. In particular, we're talking about, you know, fighting against the sexual abuse and exploitation and trafficking of children. And this has long been something Linda, Linda has been passionate about. She served in this capacity with different organizations over the years as we've made our travels around the NFL. Um, and so we just have dove head into it. Um, very passionate about it, very excited about where the foundation is going and the impact that we can have to really, there's one goal and that's to help these children, to prevent, create awareness, prevention, and then help provide restoration for children who have endured this. Couldn't have said a name better myself, Frank. Welcome back for more with the king of comebacks right after this, Frank Reich. Stay with us. Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe. Game Time with Boomer Esiason is brought to you by 5-Hour Energy Shots. It's the one when you got to get stuff done. Welcome back to Game Time. As we continue with Frank Reich, you know, influences on you, Frank, as a coach. I'm sure your dad has had a major influence on you. How about Marv Levy? Marv Levy, I, Boomer, I, you know, I can't say enough about Marv Levy. He's 90-some years old. I still call him several times a year. I called him recently. Um, just to say hello, and um, he wrote a he wrote a book. It's he wrote a, a book of poems, and so Linda and I bought bought it off of Amazon. And so one night we were sitting there, and Linda was reading the she was reading me Marv's poems, in, you know, in our bedroom. And so I had to get on the phone and call Marv and tell him, hey, we we're sitting there 
reading your poems last night. This guy, I can't even explain what a renaissance man this is. This guy was a brilliant football coach, a master motivator. And then the next day, and he's 90-some years, I get a poem from him in an email just personalized to me. I mean, an incredible influence on my career. Yeah, I, I would say so. You know, the amazing thing is, since we knew each other so well, and you've spent 10 years up there in Buffalo, I felt like I knew all your guys on your team, and I felt like I was in some way a part of your team, although I did beat you guys in the 89 AFC championship game, but that's a whole other story. And then you stole our offense, and we could talk about that on a whole other show. But I will say that you guys had a great group of guys, and you could see all the Hall of Famers, and of course, led by Marv Levy and Bill Polian. You know, can you recreate that in Indianapolis? Um, I think what we can recreate is the, is the chemistry. You know, every team takes us on takes on its own personality, but there was a general a, a, a general love and respect um, for each other and a, and a desire to be great. You know, just to be the best, to win championships. And you know that that Lombardi Trophy eluded us in Buffalo, but you know it didn't really take away from the special run that we had really for six years. You know, the four Super Bowl years, of course. But then Boomer, as you alluded to, in '88. You know, we lost to you guys in the AFC championship game. So that run of that team really started in 88. So it was six incredible years. How is uh, Doug Peterson doing and what is he doing right now? Yeah, Doug's down in Florida. He's doing great. Um, You know, I expect to see him as a head coach, you know, on the sideline next year. Uh, The influence. I'll tell you what, you talk about influence. I'll just give you 15 seconds on that. I mean, his play calling. The, the guts, you know, the guts that he had, the aggressiveness as a play caller. Um, I learned a lot from Doug in that regard. So I'll always be grateful for him, you know, hiring me as his coordinator. So what a, what a great coach and a great person. Yeah, well, I can tell by the aggressive nature that you are now as a play caller, uh, the impact that he's had on you. So don't ever change, Frank. Be the guy that you always are. Uh, we love you and we wish you nothing but the best out there in Indianapolis. Our thanks to Frank Reich for joining us today and to all of you for watching. I'm Boomer Esiason, and I'll see you again real soon right here on Game Time. You're sentimental in your old age. Just because you turned 60. Just, soft. You are getting soft. You turned 60 and you got soft. Yeah, but Frank, I rode 70 miles on my bike on my 60th birthday and I played three hockey games that week. Good. Come get some. Yeah, I don't think I, 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 don't think I could handle you. I would love to have you on the ice just once. Can you skate, by the way? No. No.